0: Hey, everybody, it's Kai. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Corner Office Podcast. This week, we're brushing up against the art world, specifically art museums. While the global art market itself is pretty huge, for a lot of us, our main exposure to that market is through art museums, places like the Broad. The Broad Museum is a contemporary art museum in downtown Los Angeles. It houses the private collection, something like 2,000 items of Los Angeles philanthropists Eli and Edith Brode. The museum itself opened to the public five years ago, but it also doubles as kind of a lending library where the pieces not on display can be loaned out to other museums. Joanne Heiler is the Brode's founding director. We met up the other day for a walk and a talk.
1: We're expecting you. Won't you ever see?
0: Ready to go to work? You know, I was doing my reading for this, and it, it's amazing it's been five years. I mean, it's gone like that.
1: It has gone like that. And the amount of people who've come to the museum is just astounding us. And we didn't even expect it. We expected about 300,000 a year.
0: And it's how many now?
1: Last year, we welcomed 917,000 people. Amazing. I mean, if you drive
0: by and you see the lines, it doesn't surprise you, but it's still kind of
1: amazing. It is amazing.
0: Uh, Also, this is not a off topic. This is not an especially big museum. I mean, it's not huge, right?
1: I sometimes joke, and maybe as a business person, you'll you'll yeah. relate to this, that we might be the most visited museum on a per square foot basis. Yeah, it makes sense, right? <laughs> I mean, huge
0: collection, but but it's it's not a giant place. You can get through yeah. it pretty easily.
1: Yeah, I think it feels good. People tell me that it feels different here. It feels yeah. welcoming here, yeah. and uh, then they tell their friends, and then they tell their friends who are visiting from out of town, and here we are.
0: And that gets to the kind of people you have here. And I don't want to get too deep into demographics, but museum people tend to run old and mostly white, right?
1: Traditionally, yes. Uh, And we have seen a very different audience come into the Broad. So our audience is about 70% Mm non-white. And and I think, most importantly, quite young. Mm -hmm. So our average age visitor is in their low to mid-30s, whereas it's more like mid-40s nationally.
0: Okay, so you're you're an art curator, right? You're a professionally trained art person. I imagine (laughs) there's a little bit of marketing and branding that goes along with that, but how do you get that diverse clientele in here?
1: Well, we did a lot of things when we were planning this museum that changed how it feels to be in a museum for a visitor. Some of the ways we did that were quite subtle, I think, and people don't even sort of notice that it's happening when they're here. Um, but we took away a lot of barriers, starting with free general admission. Mm-hmm. So that's one right there. But we also, sort of when we were planning the museum, took a note from digital retail and hmm. thought about the fact that can't we just do everything in a mobile device in terms of ticketing, yeah. et cetera?
0: Huh. Um, and and we'll, we'll do a little walk around here and, and I'll ask you to point those things out that you did. I, We are standing in front of Mark Bradford here. Deep blue, I'm told it's called. It's called deep blue. Yeah. Okay. Interestingly, it's mostly brown. That's all I'm saying. It looks mostly (laughs) brown to me. Well, I think if
1: you stood back from it, you'd see a lot of the blue dominant. Uh, Why why here? (laughs) So this painting is by an artist named Mark Bradford. He's an artist that we have been following as a museum, as a collection for many, many years, about 15 years or so um now he's a huge star he wasn't mm-hmm. in the very beginning and this painting has a is very near and dear to my heart partly because it was acquired just a year ago last oh, wow. january 2019 and it was in his enormous as you can see it, would it have, have to be, be honestly Bass how big is this studio. thing
0: it's it's 50, I mean, you know i'm sure i believe it's 51 feet wide wow. and and yeah 10 feet tall 12 feet tall it's
1: i think even taller than yeah, that yeah yeah
0: it's so it's and it's one piece right it's a big giant thing. it is
1: one giant piece wow. it did have to be stretched here on site right so it was rolled up to come up uh, our freight elevator so you take it off the frame if you if when we move it in and out of this building it would have to come off the frame that's yeah. a gutsy move stretcher. right
0: yeah. that's a gutsy move because this it's it's uh mixed media the label says so there's like balled up paper and all kinds of stuff on this thing
1: Yeah, it is. And it's very much about Los Angeles and about a particularly painful passage in Los Angeles' history, uh, the Watts Rebellion of the 60s. And so when I saw this painting in development in Mark's studio, what was all over the studio walls were maps of the aftermath of the Watts Rebellion.
0: That's so interesting. You saw this painting before it was this painting.
1: I go to Mark's studio a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I saw it in development, loved it, came back to the studio with Mr. Brode.
0: Yeah.
1: and walked in the studio, and for whatever reason, this painting wasn't up on the wall. And I said, Mark, I took him aside, Mark, I've got to, we've got to, I want to see this pa- <laughs> Remember <laughs> I've, I've painting. Remember that painting? I've got the boss here, right? <laughs> we got there were great things to see, but I, this is the one. And so we uh, stepped outside, Mr. Brode and I, and uh, Mark's uh, team, and you can imagine what a job that was, yeah. put this work on the wall, and Eli and I walked in, and Eli said, Let's do it. It's a masterpiece.
0: Tell, so, the, oh boy, there's a lot in that little description. Tell me more about going to artist studios and, and, and schmoozing with them, I guess. right? Well, that's, that's part the of
1: your great, job? That's the great thing about working in contemporary art is that you get, you get to, to talk artists, to yeah. artists. You get to see them. You get to see what they're thinking as they're thinking through their own career, their own process, and each of their works. And so what it really is is a way to you know, learn about the world through artists, mm-hmm. as well as learn about art. Uh,
0: I, his name is on this museum, so we have to talk about him. I don't want to spend a lot of time on him, but it's interesting to me that you actually grabbed him by the coat and said, come on, let's go see this painting, <laughs> even though he's the <laughs> boss. I think that's fascinating.
1: Well, he loves Mark. Yeah. <laughs> you know, So it wasn't, it wasn't a huge uh, yeah. leap for him to want to make a visit to, to Mark's studio because we already collect the work so deeply. Yeah. Everything in this room yeah. that's on the wall is a work by Mark, And so we were already very dedicated. And that's one of the great, great things about this collection that you don't see in museums put together in other ways. When you have a single donor museum and you have collectors who've been collecting for 50 years and collectors who've been really dedicated to individual artists over that time, you end up with almost many retrospectives of individual Mm -hmm. artists within one collection under one roof.
0: A very brief biographical sketch. You have been with the Broads for a long time.
1: Yes, I have.
0: Well, I, we, we don't need to mention years here. but,
1: but it's, I, mean, I like to it's joke I started when I was 12. <laughs> that's, that's,
0: that's
1: right. <laughs> um, what, it's been decades, I'll put it that it, way.
0: And, yeah. and, and you have guided, in a way, the guy who, and, and the woman, uh, Mrs. Broad, whose name is on this museum. I mean, this is as, okay, I'm going to overstate here, but run with me. This is as much your museum as his?
1: Oh, I don't know. No. Okay, all right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I can say all that, right. but um, strong influence. What I think I can say is that, together with two things that the Broads did, they collected for fifty years, and they all, even during almost all of those fifty years. And this is not always the case with every collector they made a very clear decision that they wanted this, their, the art that they collected to be shared with as many people as possible. So for many years, we did that by lending to other mm-hmm. institutions. Mm-hmm. And then five years ago, of course, we opened this museum. The creation- Which is also the lending library, right? I mean, it's, the collection's housed here. Yes, you it know. is. And one of the reasons why we picked the architect for this building, uh, Diller Scafidio Renfro, and specifically Liz Diller, yeah is that they understood right away that we weren't an instant museum. This wasn't a collection that had been put together ten year, over the last decade, and now we're going to voila, right. a collection right. to the public. This museum is the result of many decades of collecting, and that it already had a public history as a lending library. Mm-hmm. And so they took that and they made that the building. And that's this vault that we're now descending toward. And it forms sort of the body of the building, which is poetic to have the stored portion of the collection where we care for it, where works rest, so to right. speak, um, where things go in and out for loan to other institutions, to have that literally form the core of the building instead of being in the basement, in the yeah. back. And then they had this great idea, Diller, Scofidio Renfro of creating these plate glass windows. This is one of two. Yeah. Where you can literally see in from the You app. can see in. Yeah. And if we're working in there, the mm-hmm. public will simply see what's happening.
0: Um, it occurs to me that the business model here, uh, has two parts. One is the museum itself. And then the other one is the, the loan program that I'm sure you engage with, with other museums of contemporary art, right?
1: We do. Yeah, Yeah. we continue to lend. Uh, We do now have this obligation to our own audience here in Los Angeles. So there are some loan requests I say no to that I might have said yes to long ago. But we try to say yes to as much as we possibly can. I'm going to badge you in here. Yes, thank you.
0: Um, This is a little weird, but this could be any sort of high-tech manufacturing space.
1: You know, I, you know, I mean, art museums are uh, not um, surreal things. They need, they need to be managed. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they have physical plant needs yep. that are, you know, similar to uh, any business that has a physical plant, right? Yeah. And so we have the good fortune, because of the way the building was designed, to have almost all of the collection on site, whether it's in the galleries or here,
0: this is so funny they're just kind of hanging there in little slots they hang in slots I, which of course makes sense but
1: yeah you can fit a lot <laughs> into uh, this room a lot of uh, two dimensional artworks yeah. uh, three dimensional artworks are elsewhere
0: what's your do you have a favorite that we can pull out and have a look at or a or my a favorite changes or a every day oh right? is that right ooh so and one oh, that, I, I actually this is Basquiat right this
1: is Basquiat yes for me <laughs> Come on. <laughs> A painting called With Strings Two. And it has a lot of the sort of classic iconography of a Basquiat painting, the crown, mm-hmm. the skull, yep. the skeletal figure, the lightning bolt. And one of the details that I really love is the Charlie Parker reference, if you can see where it says ornithology mm-hmm. there. So that's a reference to Charlie Parker's, um, you know, uh, to his album. And the great thing about the Basquiat's in this collection that I think is a really f- it's not always the case, is that they were all purchased in the time that they were made. Oh, is that right? So the Broads were, yes, they really collected deeply in New York and L.A. in the 80s. And one of the artists they had the uh, vision to collect very deeply as he was making the work was Jean-Michel Basquiat.
0: How, How do you know when there's a piece that you want to acquire for this museum?
1: Well, that's a great question. And it is one of the great, great things about, I think, working in contemporary art. It's true of any type of art, but maybe particularly contemporary art, where you just have to live as a curator or collector um, and be happy to live with a little bit of not knowing. You know, you you Hmm. can't possibly know for sure, no matter how intelligent you are, that in 50 years or 100 years, a given artwork is going to still have currency. Yeah. You just can't know that. So you have to be interested in that challenge.
0: Uh, other than the Broads, who decides? you?
1: you? It's a pretty uh, non-bureaucratic process. Yeah. And yes, yeah, yeah, sometimes I find things and bring them to Eli's attention. Uh, they have, over the years, often uh, found things and brought them to my attention. Yeah. We talk about it. Uh, they're still, both Eli and Edie, they are very... Um, you know, this is a very personal expression in a way, and so I wouldn't really want it any other way than their involvement in every acquisition. And, and so they are. It, it's a process of discussion.
0: Yeah, an yeah, acquisition, which, which right, because yeah. it's inherently subjective, right? And, and that's their good. on the building, and yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Um, backing out for me for a second and talk about the art market. How's the art market these days?
1: Well, like the rest of, I think uh, you could tell me better. Well, <laughs> not think, the art market. I mean. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is that I think in some respects, like at least certain segments of the overall economy, there's you know climbing values, huh. and yet not as much clarity or consensus about why that's happening. That's exactly
0: what Jay Powell said the other day in his press conference after the Fed meeting. Oh. Asset prices are elevated. Gee. There's lots of uncertainty out there.
1: <laughs> well, that's, that's really yeah. interesting. I, I see at least the the part of the art market that makes headlines. And I, I do want to say it's easy to get caught up in that part of the yeah, art market, for sure. but there are many art markets, yeah. right? And there are many emerging artists and galleries that aren't trafficking in works that are worth, you know... One, two, three, five million dollars, and a lot of ways collectors, young collectors, can get in and not have to participate in that part of the market.
0: Uh, Do you feel recessions when they happen? Does the art market feel a recession?
1: I have a minority view that 2008 was uh, definitely a big deal for the art market, but it really was only a speed bump for the top end of the of the art market. And again, I think that might have some resonance. It's exactly
0: the same way in the rest of the economy. Right. Right. That, Top end had to speed them up it. and the rest of it was devastated.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. What
0: the, the mantra in the economy, right, for companies and for, for institutions is grow or die, right? You got to get bigger. You got to mm-hmm. keep growing. Um, do you have to do that as a museum? Do you have to do that as a, as a, as an art collector?
1: I think it's kind of human to want to keep growing and keep expanding and but I also think that museums are very um, particular organizational creatures, right? Okay. So they are nonprofits. So you're basically generally on a fixed income, no matter how large your resources are. Um, and you have these, this sort of split personality mission where you're both uh, loyal to a sort of scholarly academic approach to art, and you're also populist. And so mixing all those things together and finding the right balance is something that um, I thought about a tremendous amount as we were planning this museum. And I, I, so I think rather than grow or die, it's more like stay balanced or die. <laughs> do
0: you, yeah, which makes sense. Do you, do you, um, the word I guess is deacquisition, right? Do you do that too? I mean, yes, you buy paintings and you have acquisitions. Do you get rid of them?
1: Occasionally. I mean, the Broads have been prolific uh, donors of art to oh, other yeah. institutions, so we have we have donated quite Better a bit of way, art. Right. There have been occasional sales, but they are always in the, in the interest of furthering other acquisitions, which right. is how museums generally handle their collections as well. And in terms of growing, the way that we do want to grow, of course, is audience. Yeah. And in that sense, I am a bit of an evangelist, an art evangelist, you know, because I really want to connect as many people as possible but- to contemporary art. Mm.
0: But 900,000 people a year come through here now. If you do really well and get a million two or a million five, the lines out front that you see driving down Grand Avenue are going to be even longer.
1: Yeah. You all right with that? <laughs> well, the lines aren't always super That's true. long. That is, that is true. That is true. <laughs> there are. And um, I have been really pleased with how this building has been able to absorb A attendance that's three times what we planned in the beginning. We thought we were going to have 300,000 a year. Um, So I thought that we would have maybe already hit the ceiling before we got to 917,000 like we did last year. I think we can go a bit further. And I think another way we can uh, expand our audience is by going out into the community and in a very grassroots way, uh, talking to more and more people because no matter how high our attendance numbers get, I'm very, very cognizant of the fact that there are still millions of people in Southern California who, maybe hard to believe, might not know who we are yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. What is it about contemporary art that does it for you?
1: I think it's really because you learn about the entire world through artists' eyes. Uh, Eli always has said that artists look at the world differently, and so I think that's what you really get as whether you're a collector or whether you're a museum goer that's what you get the whole world kind of opens up to you and you get to learn about more about who we are you know and um, and you get to see uh, artists thinking and you get to see beautiful objects that doesn't hurt either so that's why thanks a lot thank you
0: All right, that's it for my conversation with Joanna Heiler at The Broad. And hey, since art is visual, you ought to check out the video version of this interview. You can find it on our YouTube channel. We are Marketplace APM there. The Corner Office podcast is produced by Bridget Bodner. This episode with help from Sean McHenry. Nancy Fargali is the executive producer of Marketplace on the radio. Sitar Nieves is the executive director of On Demand. Deborah Clark is our senior vice president and general manager. I'm Kai Rizdahl. Another episode for you, as always, in a couple of weeks.